Hello and welcome to The Adventures of Paul Temple from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The BBC presents Peter Cook and Marjorie Westbury in Paul Temple and the Gilbert Case. Episode 6, A Warning from Miss Wayne. They gave me something, an injection. I don't know what it was. Who's they? Hamilton. Hamilton? Have you seen him? Yes, I've seen him. Lynn, can you tell us about it? After you left me... Could I have a drink of water? Yes, of course. Charlie, a glass of water, quickly. Okie dokie. Oh, Sir Graham Forbes is here, sir. Oh, come in, Sir Graham. Lynn. Lynn, are you all right? She'll be all right in a minute. Here's a glass of water, sir. Thank you. Here you are, Lynn. Thank you. Hello, Sir Graham. Are you all right now? Yes, but... I guess I'd better tell you what happened in case I pass out again. Now, take it easy. Well, after Mr. and Mrs. Temple dropped me, I got almost as far as the flat. Yes. And then a car suddenly drew into the sidewalk, and I was dragged inside it. There was a man in the back of the car, and he threw something over my head and pressed a revolver against my ribs. You must have been terrified. I certainly was. Then what happened? Well, they took me to a house in the country. Where? Well, I don't know where it was because I couldn't see anything. Oh, of course. I was taken to a room on the first floor. It was an enormous room, and in one corner there was a man sitting behind a desk. I couldn't see him clearly because there was a light on his desk. It was shining in my face the whole time. He started to ask me questions. What sort of questions? He wanted to know why I was always going to La Matella. I told him I liked going there because they had a very good orchestra and I was fond of dancing. He obviously didn't believe me. He said he knew I was attached to Scotland Yard and that I was making investigations. He wanted to know why. Did you tell him? No. At least not at first. I stuck to my story. And then he became 
very curious about the person you were interested in, Paul. You mean Hamilton? Yes. He, he kept asking me time and time again if I knew anything about Hamilton. I kept repeating, no, I've never heard of him. And suddenly he lost his temper. He said I was lying and that I'd been sent to La Martella to try and find Hamilton and to investigate the Gilbert case. Naturally, I denied this. Yes. And then? Well, when they realized that I wasn't going to tell them anything, they gave me an injection. I felt terrible. I've never felt so frightened. You're all right now, Lynn. You, you mustn't upset yourself. I... I told them the truth, Sir Graham. I see. I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. Now, don't worry, my dear. I tried hard not to tell them, but it wasn't any use. Don't worry about it. What was it you told them? I told them I was investigating a drug smuggling organization. And that I suspected that La Martella was being used as their headquarters. I said I'd never heard of anyone called Hamilton until you mentioned the name. What did they say? Well, that seemed to satisfy them. In fact, oddly enough, it changed the whole situation. How do you mean? You mean they were relieved when you told them that you were not investigating the Gilbert case? Yes. It was perfectly obvious that the drug investigations didn't interest them in the slightest. Mm. Go on, Lynn. Finish your story. Well, someone took one of my shoes away. I, I must have dozed off because when I woke up, I was in the car again. They released me just around the corner. As I got out of the car, I heard someone say, you're opposite Temple's place, Miss Ferguson. I see Lynn, how many people did you see, altogether, I mean? Four. Would you recognize them again? Well, I, I might recognize the man who stopped me. What about the others? Mm, I doubt it. I imagine from what you've told us that the only important person was the man who asked the questions. Yes, I think so. And you think he was Hamilton? I feel sure he was. Why are you so sure? Well, because the man in the front of the car wanted to ask me questions. But the driver lost his temper and said, Shut up. Hamilton will do the questioning. Hamilton will do the questioning. I didn't really take it in at the time, but when we got to the house and the man behind the desk started asking the questions, I suddenly realized who he was. Good, Lynn. This will help a lot. Do you think the driver realized you'd heard him mention the name Hamilton? No, I don't think so. In fact, I'm pretty certain he didn't. I suppose Hamilton is just a cover-up name for the person behind all this. Yes, of course. You think it's someone we already know? Possibly. You say you didn't recognize this man at the desk, Lynn? No. But he sounded foreign, and I wondered at one time whether it was Fabian. Fabian? Well, he seemed so interested in my reason for going to La Martella. So far as I can make out, that was the only reason why they picked you up. It's my bet it was Fabian. You mean Fabian is Hamilton? Yes. But why did they take my shoe away? This one? Oh, but that's it, Steve. You've got it. They sent it to Mrs. Temple as a warning. Warning? Yes. To remind us of what happened to Brenda Sterling, and Mrs. Talbot. I see. I expect you thought the same thing might happen to me. It did cross our minds. However, now that you're safe, I'd better ring Kingston. Can I use your phone, Tim? Yes, of course. I should tell the inspector to keep a very close watch on La Martella. Well, does that mean that you now think that Gilbert's innocent and that Fabian murdered Brenda Sterling? I don't know about that, Steve, but I certainly think that he's the Mr. Hamilton we've heard so much about. Well, if you think that's a Graham, we'd both better keep an eye on him. It looks as if your dancing's going to improve, darling.
restaurant. He's not there. Well, he's probably in his office. Mm. Well, there's no hurry. I can see him later. Let's go into the cocktail bar. Oh, here's Inspector Kingston. Hello, Temple. Hello. What are you doing here? Good evening, Mrs. Temple. Good evening, Inspector. I suspect we're both here for the same reason. Fabian? Yes. Hmm. Well, he's all yours, Temple. I've finished with him for the time being. Where is he? He's in his office, somewhat the worse for wear. You sound as if you've been putting him through it. I've put him through it all right, but he's a pretty smooth customer. Apparently, he knew that Miss Ferguson was missing. Yes, I told him. When? This afternoon. Oh. So you saw him this afternoon? Yes, I did. Hmm. I see. You amateurs seem to get around one way and another. Yes, don't we? Does Fabian know that Miss Ferguson has been found? Yes, I told him. Was he surprised? Not unduly. Well, he's all yours. Good night. Good night, Kingston. Oh, there are two old friends of yours in the cocktail bar. Oh, who? Reynolds and Miss Wayne. I don't know if they've been having a row or not, but things weren't too harmonious ten minutes ago. Did you speak to them? No, I was on my way upstairs. They didn't see me. Uh, Good night. Good night, Inspector. You know, I don't know why Sir Graham keeps that man. He's arrogant and self-opinionated. Darling, you mustn't have prejudices. He's an extremely clever man. Come on, let's go to the cocktail bar. I can't think why you didn't complain about the glass. I told you it was filthy. Told you as soon as I saw it. My dear Betty, it wasn't filthy. There was a spot on it, a minute spot. In any case, it's not important. It is to me. I loathe anything like that. Don't know what's come over this place. I really don't. If you don't like it, you don't have to come. Don't be tiresome, Lance. Get me another drink. Don't you think you've had enough for one night? If I thought I'd had enough, I wouldn't ask for another one, would I? (sighs) Well... This has been a very pleasant evening, I must say. Where's Fabian? I came here to dance. It's perfectly obvious that Fabian isn't going to put in an appearance tonight, so if you want to dance, you might just as well dance with me. I said dance, darling. Dance. Betty, pull yourself together. Here are the temples. Oh. Hmm. What a wonderful dress. Now, where did she get that from? She didn't buy it from me. Betty, please, now remember. Hello. Oh, hello, Miss Wayne. Good evening, Mr. Reynolds. Good evening, Mrs. Temple. Hello, Temple. Hello. Darling, I'm waiting for my drink. Oh, sorry, Betty. Uh, may I get you a drink, Mrs. Temple? Could I have a dry martini, please? Uh, yes, of course, uh, Temple. Uh, I'll have a dry martini, too, please. <laughs> Isn't this place deadly tonight? I'm afraid Betty's furious. She wants to dance and Fabian hasn't turned up. Oh, I expect he'll put in an appearance later. It's nearly 12 now. Ought to have been here hours ago. If Louis's not going to dance with the customers, they might just as well close the place down. Well, my husband may not be Mr. Fabian, but he is quite a dancer. Would you care to risk it? Well, I've already refused, Lance. Don't worry about me. You go ahead. Come on, Miss Wayne. See you later, Steve. Don't move out of the cocktail, ma'am. All right, dear. underrated you. You're a very good dancer. Thank you. And thank goodness, a silent one. Lance talks the whole time. He never stops. Really? It's infuriating. Miss Wayne, you remember when Steve and I called round the other night? Yes. I believe I told you that we saw Wilfred Sterling. You said you thought you'd seen him. Oh, you saw him all right. He just left your flat. Listen, 
I told you then, and I'm telling you now. Wilfred Sterling hadn't been near my flat. Is that the truth? Yes, that's the truth. All right, I believe you. Well, makes a nice change anyway. That's a charming dress you're wearing. What do you know about dresses? Well, judging from the number you've sold my wife, I'm practically in the business. I'm an expert. <laughs> Not on dresses. Hmm? I bought this in a sale, straight off the peg. Oh. Well, it looks like a Paris model on you. <laughs> Mr. Temple, mm -hmm. whatever happens, don't go down to Reading. I have no intention of going down to Reading. Yes, I know. Don't, that's all. Is this some kind of a warning or just a friendly piece of advice? You can call it what you like. Do you mind if we stop dancing now? Why, am I talking too much? No, it's not that. I, I want that drink. Yes, all right. <laughs> ah, here you are, Betty. Here's your drink. Thank you. Temple, dry martini. Oh, thank you. Well, skull. Skull. <laughs> that was a pink gin, that was. <laughs> you were right, Mrs. Temple. Your husband's a very good dancer. I'm glad you gave satisfaction, darling. <laughs> well, I'm afraid there won't be anyone else to dance with. Fabian's left. What do you mean? That's quite a simple statement. Fabian's gone home. He left about two minutes ago. No, surely not. Well, ask Mrs. Temple. Did you see him, Steve? <laughs> yes, just for a moment. He came in and said goodnight. I didn't think he looked too good. Well, if Fabian's gone, there's no point in staying. I'll see you in the hall, Lance. Oh. Are we leaving? Yes. I want to get home. Good night. Good night. Good night, Miss Wayne. Oh, well, I suppose I'd better try and get hold of a cab. My car's in dock. Oh, won't you have another drink before you go? No, I don't think I will, thank you. Uh, by the way, there's a rumour that Hard Gilbert's going to be reprieved. I believe it's in the stock press of one of the papers. I haven't heard anything. Haven't you? Didn't you see the Home Secretary? It's not my job to see the Home Secretary. But I understand Sir Graham Forbes has seen him. What do you think the chances are? I don't know, Reynolds. We shall just have to wait and see. Yes, I suppose so. Well, I mustn't keep Betty waiting. That would be disastrous. <laughs> yes. Good night. Good night. Was Reynolds right? Did Fabian look under the weather? He certainly did. Oh, it looks as if the inspector really did lay into him. Yes. Finish your drink, Steve. I want to go. Why? Where are we going? To Rygate House. But, but that's where Miss Wayne lives. I know. I'll see you in the front, Steve. I'm going to get the car. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Did you ring? Yes. Uh, are you the head porter? Supervisor, head porter, messenger boy, and chief bottle washers, <laughs> you might say. Well, you're just the man I want, Mr... Priestley, sir. But there isn't a flat going, if that's what you No, thinking. no, no, Mr. Priestley. It's just that I'm rather interested in one of the tenants here. Oh. Are you from the police? No, it's purely a private inquiry. Well, what is it you want to know? Who occupies the flat immediately above Miss Wayne? Well, Miss Wayne, uh, let me see, that'll be, uh, 23. Oh, that's Mr. Williams. Uh, is Mr. Williams a man of about 52 or 3, grey hair, got rather a bad limp, walks with a stick? That's right. Well, Paul, that's Sterling. All right, Steve, all right. How long has he been here? Now, just a minute. If you've got any questions to ask, my advice Look, to Look, Mr. Priestley, my name is Paul Temple. I'm making certain inquiries, and I think you might be able to help me. 
Oh, well, of course, Mr. Temple. Good. Now, how long have you known Mr. Williams? Oh, about uh, two weeks, that's all. He's a new tenant. He's, he's on a sublet. As a matter of fact, he only pops in occasionally. Has he, um, a friend? Well, I suppose he must have, uh, but I haven't seen her. Well, you've been most helpful, Mr. Priestley. I'm very grateful. Oh, thank you, sir. Well, that's, that's very kind of you, sir. Not at all. Oh, there's just one point. I don't suppose you've got the necessary authority, but if I wanted to see inside one of the flats at any time, uh, number 23, for instance... Oh, I've got the authority, all right. Would you like to see inside number 23, sir? Well, if it isn't putting you to too much trouble. Not at all, sir. This way, Mr. Temple. Oh, it's a very nice flat. Uh, that's the lounge. The bathroom's over there. Two bedrooms. Are all these flats built the same? Yes, sir. They're all the same. Do you mind if I have a look in the lounge? No, of course not. Go ahead. Thank you. Oh, I like the curtains. Yes. Who does this flat really belong to? And Mr. and Mrs. Svensson, they're a Danish couple. Very nice. They usually spend two or three months abroad every year. Are you looking for something, Mr. Temple? Yes, as a matter of fact, I am. And by Timothy, I think I've found it. Hey, careful with the settee, sir. Ah, here we are. What is it? What does it look like? It looks like a portable gramophone. Yes, but it isn't. Uh, who cleans this flat? Well, I think Mr. Williams does it himself. If he's got a daily, I haven't seen it. But look here, what is that thing, Mr. Temple? Yes, what is it? I'll show you. Well? Yeah, just a minute. I've seen one of them blinking things before. In the army. In the army? Yes, they used to put one in the German prisoners' quarters and listen to what they were saying. But well, here, what's Mr. Williams doing with it? I'll give you three guesses. He's been listening to what's been going on in the flat below. Exactly. In the flat below? Why, well, he'd only have to stick those blinking headphones on and he'd hear every word. Yeah, but why should Mr. Sterling want to listen to Betty Wayne? Sterling, did you say? Is that what they call this bloke, Sterling? Yes. He wouldn't be any relation to, to Brenda Sterling, the girl who was murdered. Yes, her father. But she worked at Conway and Races. Well? Well, so does Miss Wayne. Yes, I know. You're not representing Mrs. Williams, are you, sir? As a matter of fact, I'm not representing anybody, unless it's Howard Gilbert. You mean you're investigating the Gilbert case? Yes. Oh. Quiet a moment. What is it? There's someone downstairs. Yes, it, it's Miss Wayne. She's just come in. She's just closing her front door. Mr. Priestley, I've taken you into my confidence over this business. Now, I don't want you to say anything to anybody about this machine. You understand? Yes, sir. Good. Now, I must put this thing back exactly as I found it. Oh, well, I'll uh, help you with her, sir, please, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, Mr. Temple. Yes? That fellow Williams, or, or Sterling, rather... He always slips me ten bob every week. Well? Well, do I go on taking it? I mean... Carry on just the same, Mr. Priestley. Be pleasant to Mr. Williams. Take the ten shillings and forget all about tonight. Hello. What do you want? I want to talk to you, Miss Wayne. May we come in? It's very late. I'm tired. I'm going to bed. Yes, I know it is late, but there's something I want to tell you. It'll have to wait. 
I'll see you tomorrow. I've got a hangover. I don't want to talk. I'll soon cure your hangover. Now, come on. I want to talk to you. All right. You can come in for five minutes. That's all. Just five minutes. I'm afraid you won't get much out of her, darling. Don't worry. She'll sober up. What do you have to drink, Mrs. Temple? Nothing for me, thank you. Nonsense. You must have a drink. I'd like a glass of soda water, Mayor. Well, just plain soda. That's all. Everybody to their taste. I'll fill it up. Right up. No, no, right up. Ah, that's it. Thank you. Here you are. Careful you don't spill it. Thank you. Now, I'll have a little... Miss Wayne. Yes? Look at me. What? <laughs> Paul! You fool! Stupid fool, you soaked me. Now, sit down and drop me. the act. You're as sober as I am. Get out of here. Do you hear me? Get out of here. Pass me that siphon, Steve. What? You heard. Pass the siphon. You wouldn't have the nerve to... Wouldn't I? Now, Miss Wayne. What did you mean when you said, whatever happens, don't go down to Reading? I don't know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. You made that statement while we were dancing. I... Leave me alone. Heaven's sake, leave me alone. Miss Wayne. In five days' time, Howard Gilbert goes to the scaffold for the murder of Brenda Sterling. I don't believe he committed that murder. I don't think you believe it either. I don't know anything about it. Just because Brenda Sterling worked in my department, it doesn't mean that I was a friend of hers or that I even knew what kind of a person she was. What kind of a person is Mr. Reynolds? What do you mean? Well, he's a friend of yours, isn't he? We've seen you with him often enough. Well, what's Lance got to do with Brenda Sterling? He shared a flat with Howard Gilbert. He brought me a letter addressed to Gilbert from a man named L. Fairfax. I don't know what you're talking about. Please leave me alone. I'm tired. I'm terribly worried. I don't want to go to bed. What are you worried about? Mr. Temple, please. Don't ask her any more questions, Paul. All right. Miss Wayne, when you said whatever happens, don't go down to Reading, I think you were trying to warn me against something. Now, for some reason or other, you've changed your mind. Well, I'm going to give you a warning, too. Be careful what you say in this flat. Be careful what I... What do you mean? Have you ever seen the man who has the flat immediately above this? Mr. Svensson? No, Mr. and Mrs. Svensson are away. They've let the flat to a man called Williams. And Mr. Williams, for your information, happens to be Wilfred Sterling. Nonsense. You're, you're just saying Ask the because... porter. Ask him to describe Mr. Williams to you. Is this true, Mrs. Temple? Yes. What did you mean when you said, be careful what you say in this flat? The flat's been wired. Sterling's been listening to your conversation. That's why he took the flat. <gasps> oh, look out, Paul, she's fainting. the bathroom light out? I did. What time is it? Mm, quarter to two. Tired? Yes. I don't feel sleepy. Well, you'd better read for a little while. Mm. Now, who on earth can that be? Fine time to ring, anyone. Yes. Hello? Hello. Paul Temple? Speaking. Oh, this is Wilfred Sterling. Oh? I'm sorry to disturb you at this time of night, but I've just had a reporter on the telephone. He tells me there's a rumour that Howard's been granted a reprieve. Is that true? No, I don't think so. Oh. Then there isn't any news? Not yet, Sterling. 
I'm sorry to have bothered you, only this fellow seemed pretty definite. Oh, that's all right. Oh, while you're on the phone, there's something I want to ask you. Did your daughter ever go to a club called La Matella? I wouldn't know. I see. Well, good night. Good night. And again, I'm sorry to have disturbed you. Oh, that's all right. Huh. What did he want? Apparently, a reporter telephoned him. There's been a rumour that Gilbert's been reprieved. Do you think it's true? If it were true, Sir Graham would have told me. Besides, there isn't enough evidence to reprieve Gilbert. Not yet, at any rate. Paul, I've been thinking about that story Lynn Ferguson told us. You know... Did you hear anything? What? There's someone outside on the landing. Nonsense. <clears throat> there you are. Who is it? It's me, sir. Charlie. Oh, come in, Charlie. What is it, Charlie? What's the matter? There's a Mr. Fabian to see you, sir. What? This hour? Yes, sir. He says it's very important. I didn't hear the front doorbell. He didn't ring. You see, I went down to get a glass of milk, and just as I got down, Mr. Fabian knocked at the door. Where is he now? I put him in the drawing room, sir. He's not half in a dither about something. All right, Charlie. You say he's uh, head up about something? Blimey, not half. Oh, well. Make some coffee and bring it into the drawing room. Okie dokie. Oh, yes, Mrs. Temple. There's no need for you to come down, Steve. I know, but I'm coming all the same. I shall make a definite complaint to the Commissioner. He'd no right to ask me those questions. His manner was aggressive and most unpleasant. Yes, I appreciate that, Fabian. On the other hand, the inspector was only doing his duty. If you want my frank opinion, the police want a scapegoat for this affair and they've picked on me. Nonsense. Then why did he go on asking me those questions? Because the people who kidnapped Miss Ferguson appeared to be chiefly interested in her reasons for going to your club. In fact, we think that's why she was abducted. To find out why Scott and Yard were investigating La Matella? Yes. But surely... I'm the only person who could be curious about that. Exactly. Now you know why the inspector asked you so many questions. <laughs> Mr. Fabian, was that your only reason for coming here at this hour of the morning? To complain about Inspector Kingston? No. I saw your husband this afternoon, Mrs. Temple, and uh, he asked me certain questions about uh, Mrs. Tolbert. Yes? I told him that I had never seen Mrs. Tolbert and that she'd never been to the club. Well? I'm afraid that was a lie. She came to La Matella several weeks ago with Betty Wayne. Then why on earth didn't you admit that this afternoon? I couldn't, I couldn't. Why not? A great many things have happened since this afternoon. After I left the club tonight, I made a telephone call to an old associate of mine. <laughs> You'll notice I use the word associate, not friend. Go on. His name is Westerman. He was a friend of Mrs. Tolbert's. In fact, it was through Westerman that she came to La Matella. Go on. For uh, consideration, Westerman is prepared to tell you all about Mrs. Tolbert and her association with Betty Wayne. He might even be persuaded to tell you about other things, Temple. What does Westerman call a consideration? That you'll have to discuss with him yourself. I've taken the liberty of making an appointment for you. When? Tomorrow night at ten o'clock. Is that convenient? Yes, that's convenient. At your flat or at La Matella? Neither. I'm afraid you'll have to go out of town to Reading. That was the sixth episode of Paul Temple and the Gilbert Case, written by Francis Durbridge, with Peter Cook as Paul Temple and Marjorie Westbury as Steve. Production for the BBC by Martin C. Webster.